0: Hey friends, thanks for downloading this week's Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Okay, before we start this awesome episode, I want to say you are the reason we do these shows. I've said it before and I'll say it again. On behalf of Brad and really all of the guests and the co-hosts, we love teaming up with other folks because we all have something to say when it comes to nerd stuff, right? And whether you interact with us on Twitter or our other social media or join us live on Saturdays, I say thank you. This week's episode continues in the tradition. For those of you who have been with us from the beginning, you'll remember that our first mega crossover show was our discussion about the legacy of Leia with Andrew and Marisha, of course, on Radio Underground. And at the time, it seemed that not a lot of podcasters were teaming up to do new content, so we wanted to change that landscape. Why create a podcast and not interact with other people, right? Okay, and that's exactly what we did, and we continued to do so, forming our idea to start the Red 5 Network with other shows. This week, we kind of go back to our roots in many ways. You're about to hear our collaboration with yet another podcast, From a Certain Point Askew. And we're diving into the Battle of Scarf. Sounds like home, right? This two-part episode starts right here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast and continues on their show next week. I encourage you, if you are not subscribed to them, go find them, follow, and subscribe to the show. Listen to From a Certain Point Askew beyond just our second part of this episode. You won't be sorry. All right, December is coming up soon, right around the corner, and I wanted to give you guys a heads up. We're trying to reach a milestone. Our road to 45K lifetime listens is kind of a big deal to Brad and I. It means that you guys are really enjoying what we put out there, and that's music to our ears. We want to be able to continue to pop out quality shows and provide you all with great discussions without all the fan dueling. Remember, we're here to laugh with you, not at you, as they say. If you have a chance, please head on over to wherever you download your other shows and give us a review. The algorithm likes it, and so do we. Okay, guys and gals, it's time for the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, Part 1 of 2, At the Battle of Scarif.
1: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network.
2: For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link
1: red5.
0: Approaching shield control, transmitting code clearance on ISB channel 4. This is Scarif substation. Proceed to landing platform for further instructions from Scarif Control. Scarif Control, this is TK-226. I'm at Scarif Control. This is Scarif Station. Stand by. We see heavy fire down below. Is the garrison deployed? We've had insurgents breach the shield. What's your status, TK two two six? Control just cleared the gate.
3: Stand by to receive new orders.
0: Scare of control. We'll coordinate an attack north of the Visage Ridge and send in the
1: walkers. TK two two six, this is Commander Milan. Proceed to the north ridge and engage the rebels there. We've got them on the run, but we need your support. Repeat, we need your support.
0: excellent uh gentlemen ladies aliens multi-lobed beings whoever is listening to the scare of scuttlebutt podcast thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of the scuttlebutt uh we've got an awesome show and uh yeah it's it's a good one uh you guys are going to be doubly pleased but um in um backstage, I've got some folks that I'm going to bring out. Uh, but uh, first of all, I uh, just want to mention again, if you are finding us for the first time here at the Scarf Podcast, thank you so much for trying this episode. You will not be disappointed. If you have listened to us before, you've already been disappointed. So don't worry about it. Just keep listening. But thank you Big thanks to everybody who's uh joining us on tonight's episode of the Scared Scuttlebutt podcast. Mm. I have from a certain point askew the guys <laughs> from that podcast uh here. This is going to be kind of cool. We're we're doing a double show and um we'll uh, we'll explain it to you, but um, as you guys know and I posted this uh, a couple of days ago, uh the name of the Scared podcast came from Rogue One if you didn't put two and two together. Um, we are, um, yeah, exactly. We, um, well, first of all, let's bring the guys out, Matt J., uh, from a certain point of skew. Thank you guys for joining us.
2: We appreciate there's the applause. You get that? <laughs> i <been> here
1: forever.
2: Lurking, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you getting the name right because uh, a lot of people yeah. mess that one up. So, thanks, thank you very much for having us I, on. I can, I can read. Yeah, exactly. You got the stickers.
1: You get the stickers to prove it. I think. I think even Matt has pointed out a couple of times that I've gotten it wrong. when, well, show when we first started,
2: that's that's keeping on brand for you, Jay. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. How are you guys? We're doing great. Very
1: well. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Uh, excellent. Ex- excited to be on you. We've had you on our show. We we did the um, the Ahsoka preview, and mm-hmm. so yep. and you've been trying to get us on your show. So it's great to finally be here.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. I, uh, I love having folks on. It's a uh, wonderful, uh, I was telling Matt before we hit the record button, it's wonderful to kind of, uh, team up with other podcasters, other content creators. I think it gives yeah. us, it gives us an energy that, um, that is different than if it's just, you know, solo podcasts or, you know, your, your usual co-host. I think, um, I think it really energizes the, you know, this. the, the yeah. I guess, the landscape, I guess, of podcasting. Um, but it's wonderful. Uh, we've been at it for, you know, since 2019 and um, really uh, had such, uh, you know, we're having an amazing time here at the Scare Podcast. Um, I've had uh, plenty of uh, regular co-hosts and some wonderful, wonderful guests, and uh, I'm very honored to to count you among those. So thank you.
1: 2019 can you imagine matt if it, if if you started the show in 2019 so did you not podcast before that row that was your first jump well
0: into it? actually i had a podcast just about collecting back in 2018 mm. um and it was just myself um and for some reason why did i why did i leave that one i
1: it's not collecting what was that <laughs> I said you stopped collecting.
0: I said no, I didn't stop collecting. <laughs> look I behind stopped, him. I know. Look behind <laughs> me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you not take the room
1: anymore. He had to have. Yeah, you hit your <laughs> saturation
0: point at some point. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right. yeah, but um, it's funny. I, you know, I was talking to my um, my original co-host on this show. And uh, we were on Twitter. We were online, and uh, we discovered that we had a love for JFK and conspiracies, and, Ooh, and no. uh, Lee Harvey oh, Oswald, is. and all that stuff. So we were talking back and forth, and he had done some research. And I'm, you know, I, I own a video production company, and I wanted to do a documentary with with him as the as the subject, as the expert. Um, and then we just got to talking. And then that kind of morphed. I don't know how JFK morphed into Star Wars, but we started <laughs> a Star Wars. I mean, when you're a Star Wars nerd, everything morphs into Star Wars, doesn't it? Well,
1: it you know, that is a little crazy because I used to play the, you know, the, what, was it? Six or seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. yes. But uh, back in the day, I used to play with my friends. They get so mad because JFK was like one of the, you could link anybody through the movie JFK because right. there were so many people in it. Yeah. So now I'm wondering, like, how did you get from from JFK to Star Wars. I'm trying to think if there's anybody in JFK that was uh, in yeah. any of the Star Wars movies. I don't oh, think man. there was.
2: Hmm. Are you oh, sure? Oliver
1: Stone, Oliver Stone directed. Uh, no, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> uh, that's a good question.
0: I, uh, I can't think of one. That is a good question. And I don't know how I did it. I mean, I can talk to my wife about mortgage payments, and then all of a sudden it'll pivot to it Star does. Wars. So <laughs> right. that's that's just a talent we all have, I think.
1: Yeah, that's the trick, right? You found out what you needed to podcast about, and this keeps going. And to go back, like you said, 2019, uh, I started 2008. And Matt, you started shortly after I did, right?
2: No, I'm a little bit later than you. I I think I was 14. You were 14 oh, yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah, I was 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Got my permit the next year and that, took off. Walking
1: yourself in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Look behind me. No, Yoda, you're listening, right? Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started in 14. I had I had looked into doing one for years, like probably four mm-hmm. years off and on, talked to different friends about it. It never came to fruition. Then it was the beginning of 14 when it started. But you started in 08. That is early days, sir
1: such a bug man once it gets you it just does and like when i first started podcasting i was just like part of a group um and then it was when i started hosting uh the the host that we had kind of had gone away mental problems you can listen to the tlps it's fun stuff (laughs) Uh, but then i got that little bug and after he came back he wanted and then we started arguing about and i was like i love doing this and then from there just i don't know how many shows probably i bet you there's probably there's probably over 10 podcasts that i've Uh, created myself. So I, I, I love
2: it. Did you not get, uh, like a podcasting for dummies book or something or like a or like a the, the podcasting starter set so microphone. I started,
1: like uh i started listening to kevin smith when he started doing smodcasts it was yeah. either episode one or two existed and uh, after a few episodes i was like this is something i would like to do uh so yeah i went to the library and got uh podcasting for dummies and the idiot's guide to podcasting. <laughs> wow. it, like one one night and then the other night and i was ready to go after that you oh, know man. and that was still like when you had to sort of like get on the internet and really figure shit out even though after reading those two books, but yeah. And then wow. it's just been going on and on ever since. Could
2: you imagine what's in those books, Ro? I mean, is, is it still worth worthwhile today, those books?
1: <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> I don't know. I see- is there the, probably a kernels the stuff is still pretty similar rss feed setting things up a lot sure. of the libsyn still exists and that's what was recommended in those books so there's not, you know what this is probably not the place to have that conversation but yeah, yeah. podcaster
2: one, podcasting 101 would be there. There yeah.
1: <laughs> shocker i do that show too <laughs> so right back. 2024
0: no but it's wonderful i mean i always talk you know obviously my red five crew uh talk about technology and the facilitation of uh what, what did they call it back in the uh, the late eighties? It was the democratization of media. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, we all uh, we all have a microphone and a camera in front of our face, and yeah. all of a sudden we are content creators. Ooh ah, that's right. <laughs> Everybody should have a podcast. Everybody should have right. a podcast. So. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. But um, yeah, so JFK to Star Wars, and we realized that not only did we love JFK and Star Wars, our birthdays are a day apart, so it was really,
1: really freaky. Um, he's well, it's like the the Lincoln and the Kennedy yes. stuff that lines up together with the secretaries and the That's yeah. Right.
0: yeah, and the dates. Uh, yep. You know, but um, yeah, so we started that podcast, and obviously, you know, in 2019 we had Star Wars celebration here in Chicago. And I just uh, grabbed some gear and went to McCormick Place and went to town, talked to people, and and uh, you know our first episode was uh, was dropped uh, soon after. So um, living living the dream, one soundbite at a time, as they say in the news business. <laughs>
1: Very good. You know what's funny is I don't even know what year did we start this podcast.
0: I think 2020.
1: Was it pandemic year?
2: I think it was. I think it was the wow. summer of 2020.
1: Because it still it runs in my because we did the Podtoberfest a couple of years where right. we would do episodes of Star Wars so Correct. it's hard for me to like frame the actual show yeah. and not yeah. what I think, before it. I think the
2: actual show started August of twenty twenty if I'm remembering okay. correctly. So yeah, All but right. but before that we did do some kind of one off stuff and then we yeah. talked for months about doing why don't we just do a whole whole show. Right. Nobody else is out there talking about Star Wars and podcasts. Yeah. Let's just do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Scuttlebutt was before us and that was it. <laughs> I think
2: we should have known.
0: Yeah, that's too funny. I think, you know, I'm not one of those guys that um, that is afraid of of those numbers. Like if I if I were, I mean, how many Star Wars podcasts were were going on in 2019? What, you know, sixty three thousand four hundred and eighteen, I think somewhere somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, The funny thing is, though, is or or actually I guess it's the great thing is there's a lot of the podcast listeners that listen to Star Wars podcasts, listen to multiple shows. Yeah, You know, so that's, that's great that they like, you really can't like feed them enough. So it's like a podcaster's it's like, we didn't even think about it. Like we knew there was a ton of star Wars podcasts, but we were like, well, we like talking about this and there were similars. And we also like, I think we. We have a you know, we we go off on you know, different tangents. I haven't listened to all to three thousand shows, so I don't know how well we <laughs> step, compare to the Step ones, it up, step it up, Jay. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes some time think we bring a little something different uh, to it. I was that. gonna say
2: if you talk to rural farm boy, he could tell you about every single one of them. <laughs> That's
1: true. Yeah. But he would not have a problem with any of them. No. Very problem. <laughs> well.
2: And yeah. uh, speaking of that positivity, as much as Twitter, especially Star Wars, Twitter can mm-hmm. be just an absolute hellscape of opinions and people shitting on each other constantly and all that stuff. I feel like for the most part, the the Star Wars podcast community is pretty supportive of each other. It doesn't feel like I never yeah. get the I never get the idea that people are being extremely competitive. It's more about what you're saying, Rose. Let's come on each other's shows yeah, and, exactly. you know, share ideas and get different exposures to different audiences. and That's what I think is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the reasons I, you know, started the the Red 5 Network with uh, a slew of wonderful content creators. And we're just, you know, we're happy to be on each other's shows and support uh, what the other is doing. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, you know, none, none of us are are going to quit our day jobs because of this, but uh, it's just yeah. it's, it's just a lot of fun. Yet exactly. exactly. Not yet. Yeah, yep. right. So, real fast, what are you guys? Uh, anything out there in the um, in the uh, I guess in the media sphere um, that you guys are looking forward to? Any new projects? I know you know we are tail end of the the Ahsoka series, um, and um, you know there's uh, no new Star Wars on the horizon. We got uh, Loki, which is new from the MCU, but is there anything uh, coming up that you guys are looking
1: forward to? Like I'm an unabashed geek. Like I, I look forward to all of it. Uh, it gets pointed out to me regularly that I rarely hate things. So even 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 the Marvels, like the new trailer I dropped from the Marvels, kind of has me excited. I watched. Accidentally came across the end credit sequence uh, today. So there's something cool that's going to be attached to that. That kind of adds on. I'm not going to do spoilers, but you can find it really easily on it's just on Twitter. Um, but Rebel Moon. I was showing my son the trailer to Rebel Moon. I know the, yeah. the new trailer is coming out. Was it Sunday in the NFL football game? Right. I think they're doing it Sunday night or maybe it was the Thursday night game. Maybe it's tomorrow. Regardless, like I know there's a new trailer coming out, but uh, watching that again, uh, like that excites me knowing that that was like an origin, you know, it started as a star Wars story and then, you know, Kennedy or whoever, it was just like, no, whatever. So Snyder held on to it and made it his own. And I, I don't, I'm curious to know what it would have looked like as a Star Wars film. You can see like the kernels, but his – the way that he films things is way adult, way above, you know. And, and, you know, he – I don't see the way that he's done things to fit into the Star Wars – like the way that he films things. So Mm. this is really his own thing regardless of where it started off yet. But it looks – it almost looks like uh, Star Wars has grown up kind of, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, limited theatrical release in December, and then no. I think
1: the second part in February, I think, somewhere in there? No, uh, uh, was it? December 22nd, in April, April, somewhere. Yeah. Let's yeah. go mid-April, I think it is. Both parts, yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely looking forward to it. I think... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as a Star Wars fan, obviously, we look forward to the big tentpole events, um, you know, really looking forward to something Star Wars back on the big screen. I really miss Star Wars on the big screen. Yeah, same. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to science fiction in general or science fantasy, as you know, we all know that Star Wars is a little less fiction and less and, and more right. fantasy. But, um, you know, Rebel Moon is, is for me, I think is going to kind of scratch that itch, um, for Mm -hmm. new science fiction, new stories, you know, something that, uh, isn't settled in a galaxy far, far away. Um, I, um, I watched, uh, the the new, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about it at some point. I watched the new, uh, Gareth Edwards film, um, The Creator. It looks good. It was, it was fantastic. Um, Again, I, I think uh, I would I would really love to pepper a little bit of that conversation into this conversation uh, okay. as a whole later on. But uh, mm-hmm. the creator Gareth Edwards, um, now that I have seen you know him kind of really take the reins on the creator, um, and then obviously from what we know of uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, I, I I really would love for Edwards to come back to the Star Wars world because what he did with uh, the creator was was pretty fantastic. Um, from a, a, from, and again, from a behind the scenes aspect, um, okay. the creator for me is, is like jaw dropping. Um, the film was shot kind of uh, on a shoestring budget, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to a, a science fiction film. With well, um, a very affordable
1: camera, like, yeah, it's like a
0: thousand dollars camera or something. Right. A Sony FX3, yeah. which you can, you can just, any, anybody can order one. Um mm-hmm. But I think um, I think that aspect of of creating this world in in a, in a make believe universe, um, it kind of it, I think should appeal or at least should lift eyebrows to to Lucasfilm. I know you know with the advent of the. Um, this what do you call it the the volume technology you yeah. know they've been using a lot of that because obviously you know ilm pioneered that uh, along with the stagecraft and um are they've been using the hell out of it since the mandalorian and it's great i you know i understand the need for for such a technology it saves a lot of money um yeah. the workflow is a little different because they have to do the special effects first and then shoot right. where on green screen it's the other
1: way around um, so there's even so with uh, with the creator, there was no green screen, right? Well, they, no. they, they just they, went they out and they added.
0: shot and they added stuff in later, it's like which is a
1: whole different, like yeah. that's never been done before. That's pretty great. Although, I'm curious, like, wasn't the was it Monsters? Um, didn't he shoot that on like a ten thousand dollar budget? And that was all he shot live Something action like and, that, and the yeah. special effects himself, yeah?
2: And that's yeah. essentially what got him the job for Rogue right. One. And then yeah. he does Rogue One yeah. and he doesn't do another one until this,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. They, I mean,
2: yeah.
0: It is a big gap, but I think, you know, it's
1: Malick of science fiction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, science fiction films are are difficult to to produce and to develop. Yeah. Uh, they're not they like romantic well. comedies. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people that will compare, you know, new stuff to the old stuff. And there's a lot of people that are set in their ways when it comes to science fiction. Um, if you're too derivative, they call you out uh, on being a copycat Mm -hmm. if you're too original they call you out for taking a risk so it's uh it's kind of a lose-lose situation a lot of times especially on twitter with fans so um but like i said if you have not seen uh the creator um make it a point to find it at your local theater and and uh hopefully watch it on imax but uh, definitely get out there and watch it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah have you you you've not seen it yet jay
1: I haven't. No, I haven't it's on either. my list. I, I I barely have time to sit at this table, which is the one thing I love to do in the world. But yeah, uh, you know me, I love movies, but I haven't had a chance to see it. But I do want to try and see it before it leaves the theater.
2: Yeah, same. I I did not get a chance. There were several movies I missed. Like I wanted to see Oppenheimer in theater, didn't get yeah. to see it. I wanted to see the um, uh, Mission Impossible in the theater, didn't see oh, it. I just so missed good. a bunch of stuff. You know,
0: yeah, it's a yeah. bummer. Yeah, I'm always uh, a proponent of going out and sitting in that uh, dark theater, grabbing your popcorn and getting the energy from the other people around you.
2: Yeah, and even even like, uh, I, I had a tendency, what was that, I guess it was a few years ago now but I went to a number of movies by myself at night. Like my kids were young Yeah. and I didn't want to mess with them. So I'd just be like, everybody's going to be going to bed
0: soon anyway. And I'd go to a late showing of a sure. movie and
2: it was fucking great. Pardon me. I it was great. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know why people are afraid to go to a movie theater by themselves. Are people think they're going to be judged or what? We're what, what not think? talking.
1: That's it. That's the weird thing. Right. But yeah. like once I did it once, I was like, Oh, this is like, psh. Yeah, go grab I mean, your drink or whatever you're going to do your popcorn sit in the seat and just enjoy the movie because once the lights are out who gives a shit how many people you're with just right. just
2: because i've got my overcoat on and you can never see my hands what's the big deal <laughs> what's the big deal
1: exactly I'm not mean, that kind of movie man
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, I wanted to take a little break and say thank you to all the patrons here at the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. You all remind me to make sure that we spit out some good product here from topics to technical. We want to make sure that you are proud of us enough to attach your name to this show. First of all, our executor tier, Scott and Kim of the Use and Abuse podcast, a proud member of the Red 5 family. And make sure to check them out. Visit them in the chat when they go live for fun and shenanigans. And speaking of shenanigans, another one wonderful supporter nicholas schaefer mr backyard tardis himself hey he's got a channel adventures in locksmithing and if you think rekeying is all he does well you should watch a few of his videos and prepare yourself for the crazies all right and moving on to our garrison tier big thanks to the frank our resident back to the future expert Log in and say hello! What's up, Frank? Melanie Marquita, big high-five to you, my friend! One of my favorite collaborators! We got comics and cosmetics. Danny, her YouTube channel's got the latest nerd news and some awesome tips on comics and cosmetics. Go give her a sub. All right, big shout outs to Alex, the salty nerd himself, Nicole, peace, love, and all fandoms. And someone who brings joy to my timeline, Belinda. So glad you're on this list. I also want to give a special shout out to Vader, Rapina, and Rennie. And of course, Ali and family. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you patrons and friends of the podcast. If you're interested in helping to keep the lights on here, get some exclusive Scare of Swag, stickers and my periodic row rant episodes. Head on over to patreoncom Scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt.
2: So you want to
0: get into Scarif? Yeah, get into drug One. Let's uh, let's dive right into our main topic, everybody. So um, again, this is going to be a double episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, why don't you explain to the folks what do I mean by uh, a double episode?
2: So we're gonna we're gonna go through kind of not a straight review. Like we don't necessarily need to go blow by blow and scene by scene, but we're gonna break down the uh, the Battle of Scarif. And the point was to do it where we do the first part. So we're going to, you know, talk for a certain amount of time, get through a a bunch of the story beats and all that kind of stuff and our thoughts on them, different characters. And then at some point we'll say, okay, and if you want to continue listening to this conversation, we're going to kick it over to our podcast and we'll pick up with part two there. Jay's got a lovely little, uh, you know, what would you call that, Jay? Little little intro Fun yeah. tech to get us into our part of the episode. So if you enjoy this conversation, and we hope you do, then you should go check out our show from a certain point of skew to, to see part two. It'll be episode 127.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do that. Uh, this is uh, what we like to call a super mega podcast Duplo
1: episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are cross pollinating right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Ex- absolutely um but yeah these are these are a lot of fun and uh you know it, it gets uh it gets us uh some new listeners uh maybe folks that aren't usually listening to the scare of podcast uh, or from a certain point askew so right this will be a lot of fun so uh rogue one a fantastic movie from my point of view mm-hmm. and um i think a lot of people agree but um i just posted earlier today That uh, I don't think there exists in Star Wars lore um, a more um, definitively uh, exciting battle in both space and uh, on land there on Scarif, and uh, you know Rogue One obviously has many advantages when it comes to uh, or or many really great. Um, great elements when it comes to being a Star Wars movie. Uh, The first uh, spinoff in the, uh, I guess in the series of anthology movies that they were going to produce. Um, I really hope they do more. Um, Honestly, you know, I solo was the second one and, you know, we all know Mm -hmm. how that went, but uh, you know, solo is another movie that I really enjoyed on the big screen. Wasn't
1: that movie's fault?
0: (laughs) no, (laughs) I guess it wasn't, but, um, I know a lot of people that, uh, you know, when it was, uh, streamed on Disney plus, they really enjoyed it and they regretted not right. going out to the movie theater. So, um, yeah, but yeah, rogue one, getting back to rogue one, uh, it, fantastic film, uh, wonderful elements, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of, uh, story points in that, uh, movie that really, you know, a lot of people say that they watch Rogue One and then A New Hope right afterwards and they kind yeah. of clump the two movies together. And I, you know, I, I would highly recommend, you know, always doing that from now on because it's, uh, it's, you know, we, we, people talk about what is it? The, the machete order in, in watching Star Wars, but, uh, Rogue One should definitely be, uh, you know. Cut to butt right up to uh, to a new hope.
2: Um, Literally handle it just like you're going to handle our two episodes of this. Exactly, one right into the other one. Yeah, beautifully said. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I think Rogue One for me. I mean, it's it, it love Rogue One. It ranks way up there. I typically try not to rank Star Wars films, but let's just say it's toward the top. Yeah, and uh, I think part of it was the fact that it it felt like. Um, it felt like the closest thing to the original trilogy but also with a bit more edge to it yes. um, and so that's what I really liked about it I mean as much as Force Awakens when it first opened that first scene I was like oh we're back to Star Wars that's how I yeah. felt when I first got there Sure. and as much as it tried to kind of duplicate a lot of things in A New Hope I still feel like Rogue One felt more like a George Lucas style original trilogy film to me
1: I think it was
0: the sideburns that did it <laughs>
2: could be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kept like, that
1: 70s kind of feel to it, which yeah. is, I mean, they blended like the, the look, right? But they updated it with like a, a better pacing for like modern audiences, technology, everything. But it's almost seamless. It's kind of crazy. And watching it today, I've only watched it maybe four or five times because like, I don't know about you guys, but like as an adult, when you're a kid, you just watch like I think that's why we're like obsessed with Star Wars so much. We could just watch it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I rarely get to see a movie more than once because there's so much to take in. I love this stuff, so I don't ever really go back much. But sitting and watching it again, I was like, man, I mean, it, this to me is it might I, I would like to do like even if it was the seven days of geek more so than like just fact. But but like the the greatest prequels, this has to stand up as like the greatest prequel ever made. Because it stands up as its own film. It is amazing. It's, it's, uh, it grabs you by the balls. That battle of Scarif is amazing, right? Um, knowing the stuff that went into the third act and how they had to, to reshoot things and kind of like blend things together. Yes. Um, but man, does it it just holds up. And then when you get to the end of it, you're like, you're ready for a new hope which is right. 40 years ago. Right. It, it's <laughs> yeah. I've, I've
2: heard people say that the first half of the movie is a little slow. I don't agree with that, but I've heard people say that about Rogue One, if they're going to complain about mm-hmm. it, that's what I usually hear. Sure. Um, but I don't agree with that. I think it builds the story really nicely so that the third act is so good because you've done that. Yeah. So it's much like we talked about with Andor and how, There's Mm -hmm. so much development building up to it that once you get to the end of that season, you're just, you're, you're loving every second of it. And the other thing I thought about is I'm such like a freaking nerd loser. I was watching it, uh, the last half of it, whatever that was last night, I guess. And, uh, It was like it's very emotional film. I mean, even even beyond just the certain uh, you know spots where you're meant, it's meant to draw out emotion, people dying, whatever the case may be, and people you know having to watch that. But also, even just the little stuff, like the scene where uh, where Mon goes to bail and is like, "What about your Jedi friend?" And he's like, "I'll," and basically says, "I'll send Leia to go find him." Oh, yeah. like goosebumps. Let's just sure. just watching yeah. that
1: scene, you know. Because you're getting you're getting like almost like years later, we're getting the Kenobi setup, right? Right. Which still, I guess, is the New Hope setup. But you're getting the Kenobi setup, and also like the with him walking away and saying, "I would trust her with my life," and yeah, you're right. like, oh, "That's Leia." Yeah. You know, like just the you're gonna lose that life. The lines, yeah, the lines, the <laughs> just sorry. the lines of dialogue. Blah, blah, Are so well done, and they're not like you know some prequels. They're they're trying to fill in everything to be like, oh, you see what we did there. You know, these play with like there's there's weight to them, and watching it, it was almost like watching Saving Private Ryan, where like you're watching this war film. There's weight to it. There's whatever, and you're like in your and you're also like none of this happened. This isn't real. But mm-hmm. it plays so real that like, and maybe it is real to us. You know, we've grown up since the, the 80s, these kids on these movies. So there is, I guess, a, an element of realism to them. But no, I was uh, surprised uh, watching it again, like the the weight that this movie carries. We've been in this fight since we were six years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally.
0: Literally.
2: You also, I think, what's good about this film is you get a really good idea of just how how splintered the rebellion still is before Mm -hmm. this event. Like this is kind of, I think, what galvanizes the rebellion quite a lot. And so, I I I think that it's their
0: first real victory.
1: Right. It, it, yeah, it's their yeah. first battle and victory. Yeah, and I think I, like, as a as a rebellion.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I think the first time the Empire really has to take him seriously because what we see in Andor yeah. is even earlier than that. It's it's way fragmented. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like operating yeah. almost as individuals. We're
1: different sects so far. Like the, there's the Separatists and the yeah. there's Saw's group. And like, and, yeah. You know, everyone's kind of aware of each other, but they're not one collective. Not yet.
0: Unified. Yeah, and we see right. that we see that in the uh, in the Rebels um, animated show as well. There's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. certain cell. Doing little things that are kind of maybe an annoyance to the Empire, um, but like Jay was saying, nobody is united, and this mm-hmm. is kind of like the first time that you see a, a unified front against uh, the the Imperial forces, um, and it obviously it uh, it makes them um, you know stand up and 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 think about their the threat uh, of this you know rebellion. Right. This as as Palpatine says, this pitiful little band it's of uh, um, rebels
2: yeah well yeah. and it certainly makes Jin urso quite the figure in the history of the rebellion sure. because she's the one who really pushes all this forward uh, right. when when all that happens and they're all like we're not doing this
1: she's the one who really she, drives it
2: and she, she transformed because she didn't right. want to
0: do it to begin with
2: yeah reluctant yeah yeah just like andor was, was originally like,
1: i'll introduce saw the rebellion and this is my part and right I'm done with and you, i'm, you, I'm and, done with you yeah yeah. And
2: don't you think Cassian sees that in her? He sees it in himself in her because sure. he was the same guy. He yeah. was very reluctant to join up. Yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah of course. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's cool. A lot of parallels, obviously, with sure. being the makers of the film and everything and that. But it, I, it's great to see this now having gone back after watching the whole season of Andor. It just makes it all more, the more meaningful. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Um, I want to briefly uh, touch on the mechanics of, of the film uh, when it comes to the look, the feel, uh, the texture of the film. I think, um, you know, one of you guys said that it just really feels like this was shot along um at the same time as the 77 film, mm-hmm. um, there is so much detail and and TLC that went into making sure that, uh, you know, the costumes were right. Um, I joked around earlier, but the sideburns were right. I mean, yeah. um, the actors look like they were just pulled from the the film um, that was recorded back in the 70s. Um, you know, the rebel base, the exterior shots of the uh, right. Masani temple. I I think uh, these are all things that obviously, um, you know, pull this uh, experience together for me, especially because I'm, I'm so into the behind the scenes stuff. And, uh, you know, Matt, you were talking about how, you know, people, and I've heard the same thing, you know, people saying that the, the beginning part is kind of slow or boring. Mm-hmm. And, I, I don't see that at all. Um, you know, we we get the scenes on Jeddah where yep. the you know, the the, the tank uh, comes and, and the stormtroopers are attacking and the the, yeah. saw, the, you know, the saws guys are attacking. And it's just an exciting, uh, exciting battle, even before you get to the Battle of Scarif. Uh, and the
2: whole world is or the whole city is you know destroyed it's a pretty yeah. emotional massive like moment people are
1: dying yeah there's yeah. there's uh, there's a lot like, of oh, texture
0: there which the i texture, love right.
1: mm-hmm. even
0: yeah. there's this one shot of the a statue of a fallen jedi which is is so uh george mm-hmm. lucas He just it's like he just put it there you don't explain it it's just part of this world it is what it is we mm-hmm. just happen to see it at this point in time and there you go. It, it it means nothing. But I know that, you know, as fans, we like to pick things apart. And I, I would love to uh to maybe uh I don't know, have a little backstory on that, but it's it's amazing to see the set design, the the costumes, the scenes. Um I get excited when I see stormtroopers to begin with, so it's 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 wonderful. It's wonderful for right.
1: me. I think one of the things that's been said before, this isn't anything new, but what what works for Rogue One in the original films, and I think not so much for the prequels, and they do a little bit more in the sequels, is everything doesn't look brand new, right? Their Mm -hmm. clothes are a little burnt or shredded or worn, torn, you know? Uh, That really adds a little bit of, like, a real world, like, oh, I recognize this. Even though you don't recognize any of it, you've never seen any of this shit before, but it looks real. And that's part of, like... Watching this today and really uh, tonight, my son's been going through the the Star Trek stuff, the newer Star Trek stuff. So we watched the last uh, Star Trek Beyond. We finished the last like thirty minutes of it tonight, and there's there's stuff in that that's like it's all beautiful and crazy looking, but you can you see like the person in the CGI, and with Rogue One, it's flawless. Like yeah. the battles on the beach and the ship landing and troops coming out, there's yeah. dust flying up at them and it's really hard. And I've seen a shit ton of movies. It's really hard to pick where the elements start and begin from different shots. Sure. Um And, and you know, we want to talk a lot about, um of course I just uh I'm podcasting. So Tony Gilroy, we give mm-hmm. Tony Gilroy a lot of credit, but uh Gareth, I don't think gets enough credit because he was Mm -hmm. like replaced or added on to or Gilroy came in and changed things. But most of this movie is his, you know, and Jonathan Noel, the the, the guy that came up with the script, like, man, this movie is just flawless. I I, uh, watching it like I, I don't. Matt, when this first came out, this is one of the movies you were excited about. And then Andor, the same thing, right? And I was yeah. just like, wow, this isn't lightsabers. This isn't, but the more I watch this movie, I just, this and Andor, <coughs> I can't, um, I, I, this, it's Star Wars, man. It's just, it's fucking, it's brilliant. It's, a, it's, a, this is a fantastic movie.
2: Well, so yeah, the, the, I'm, of course, I'm bored for the lightsaber stuff and the Jedi stuff. But yeah. I really enjoy when they get into just the the normal Star Wars world, the the, the, the place mm-hmm. that exists around all the magic. Uh, that's what I thought was going to be so cool in Rogue One. When I saw those trailers, I was like, this is so cool. They're yeah. taking this one little bit from the crawl and they're going to make this into a story, which you mentioned, John Knoll, who, who came up with that idea. I actually didn't realize that it was his original idea until I was looking back at the extras from the on Disney+. Plus. But, um, oh, okay. But yes, there's something about uh, having these, like you said, these lived in spaces that to mm-hmm. me is what brings out the, the Star Wars world. It's like, it's like going to, well, we talked to Christina recently and her going on the Galactic Star Cruiser, going to Galaxy's right. Edge and seeing just those little details that put you in that place. To mm-hmm. me, that's the part that grabs me the most. I still, of course, love the lightsabers. I love the fights and all those battles and all the Jedi stuff. But that's what really grabs onto me the most because I think it's a little bit more relatable, obviously.
0: Yeah. And at this point, I really wish you guys would have seen the creator, um, because it's got a lot of Edwards DNA in it, especially Hmm. after watching Rogue One. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of planning that goes into, uh, designing certain shots and certain sequences. And I think, um, Gareth Edwards really has, um, kind of a mastery of, of that, um, You know, especially because, especially on the creator, since he's, he went out there with his photographer and he shot everything, you know, in camera, came back to, I mean, it's, it's not easy to decide to do that. It's, it's just a lot easier just to either lock your camera down, put some CGI elements in the shot. Um, But, uh, you know, shooting everything on location and then adding all that stuff afterwards uh, takes some planning. And I, I see a little bit of that in Rogue One. Where in the creator, it's like, you know, it's it's we mentioned the fact that the, the two projects had so many years in between them. But I feel <laughs> like um Gareth Edwards was kind of fine tuning his process uh, in order to get the creator done in the way that uh, that maybe, you know, stuff wasn't done or
1: complete in right. Rogue One. Uh, and so, also the creator was made on what, an 80 million dollar budget. Right. I mean, that's, that's is- catering. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Like <laughs> on some shows it had To have been at least 150 million with what? Another 50 to $80 million in marketing.
2: Rogue you one you talking about?
1: Rogue yeah. one, I think was like
2: over 200. It was like close okay. to 250. It's a to very see.
1: expensive movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah i mean and you this, can see it shows it. on screen but if you exactly. can do this for 80 million dollars now i haven't seen it yet and i i venture to guess that uh there's nothing in the creator that ties like the battle of scarif there's a lot of money on that screen so sure but it's it's uh i mean go back to even godzilla like uh i don't know if he uses the same cinematographer or who i think he, ha- gets, I think he has yeah Those three films, even monsters, uh, low budget looks Mm -hmm. great. But I mean, Godzilla and Rogue One and the creator are um, uh, pretty amazing for like, I mean, this is like a time before before, like, we're really like big budget action movies. They look good. They did a bunch of shit, but you didn't have like that beautiful cinematography. And that was one of the things like even when Godzilla first came out watching it, like the first what half of the movie reminded me of an Amblin film. Like I thought I was watching Spielberg.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we, we're going to have to come back um, and maybe do a quick cuts uh, show when when you guys uh, get a chance to see the creator and and do yeah. a little discussion, a little compare and contrast, um, because, uh, you know, when it comes to directors, you know, everybody's got a style. You you know, we 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 understand the. Um, the tools in the toolbox when it comes to a steel a Steven Spielberg movie uh, or yeah. a James Cameron movie, we we can understand and kind of differentiate the language of cinema that they are communicating in. And I think Gareth Edwards is, is one of those directors that, you know, at this point, um, he's uh, if he's not developing his, his own style, I think he's got his own style. Um, we definitely see it in Rogue One. We definitely see it in the Creator. Now, um, I just hope he gets to you know continue to, to do more um, more genre films, more yeah. science fiction, more stuff that kind of uh, you know goes off the beaten path.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: This is Sentry Mode. All right, folks. You heard that little jingle. You know what time it is. It's time for Sentry Mode. And for those of you who are not familiar with what Sentry Mode is, it's our quick little Q and A, our trivia, five questions I ask a friend to come on board and uh, regale us with their uh, with their quiz talents. Uh, five questions, Sentry Mode tonight. We have Alexander Moylan. What's up, Alex?
3: Uh, the, the seat's warming up. I feel like I'm on the hot seat already. I'm ready to Ac- go.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I hope you have fun. Uh, we uh, we don't take this quiz too seriously, but uh, we definitely uh, like to challenge our friends here on the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. So are you ready for five questions on Sentry Mode?
3: Let's flex these brain muscles. Let's do it.
0: All right. Question number one. So the first question is going to, uh, you know, remind folks uh, the last time we were together, we did an episode on the planet of the apes, the original planet of the apes. And uh, I really enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed watching or rewatching planet of the apes and getting prepared for that. Um, I know um, you, uh, you took a little break cause you had some life stuff to do, but we got to get back on that planet of the apes uh, train and uh, continue our discussion. But uh, here we go. Question number one and the the original planet of the apes who was the music composer
3: that would be jerry goldsmith
0: that is correct uh can you name another uh, this is just for an extra points can you name another uh, movie that he scored
3: yeah i just watched it about a month ago but rambo first blood
0: there you go yeah Perfect. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, obviously, is, uh, you know, one of those composers that, you know, we hear uh, we hear his name a lot. Um, a while ago, we did a uh, top five uh, science fiction movie soundtracks. Uh, so his name popped up as well. He also did uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, which my guest at the time, uh, Jessie, uh, she's a big Star Trek fan. So uh, we loved talking about that.
3: Yeah, it was such a pleasure when that came on screen to see his name. You know, I knew I was in for a good time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Question number two. We're going to stay with the Planet of the Apes and uh, give you this question. At the end of the original film, Taylor and Nova flee on horseback after that classic ending shot that uh, cinema will never forget. Beyond the forbidden zone, according to Doctor Zaius, what will he find there? What did they? What uh, was it? Uh, Cornelius that says, Doctor Zaius, what will he find?
3: And then <laughs> that's, that's spot on. Uh, <laughs> let me let me try to, Let me try to match with the good Zayus. His destiny. Oh yeah!
0: There you go. Indeed, <laughs> he was on uh, he was on Earth the whole time. He will find his destiny. That was a perfect Doctor Zayus as well. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to uh, zip on over to uh, a little trivia in a galaxy far, far away. Question number three. We all know that Star Wars came out in 1977. George tinkered with his films and released a special edition in what year?
3: 1997.
0: There you go. Absolutely right. 20 years later, still fiddling with the special effects. That is amazing. What do you think? What What did you think of the special editions overall?
3: You know, they're still... <laughs> They were great for the time, um, but I think now they're a little more jarring than George may have intended. Um, You know, I still wonder if he'd be tinkering away today, tonight, this moment, um, if he still had that, you know, creative control.
0: That would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you ask a lot of people and I think uh, they are happy with the way Star Wars came out. I know he, as a director, as a creative, was not happy. Um, But, you know, that happens when... When somebody gets uh, too emotionally tied or invested to a, to a product, um, you know, always tinkering with stuff.
3: Yeah, a lot of fans, myself included, you know, I, I wish we could have a true definitive theatrical cut of um, those films on Blu-ray. Um, you know, I know there's a couple fan cuts out there, but I wish I wish we had something official and I don't think we'll ever have that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I treasure all of my uh, laser discs and VHSs.
3: Yeah, yeah, you have to.
0: <laughs> Excellent, all right, question number four. We're gonna stay in a galaxy far, far away, but uh, maybe zip out to the outer regions a little bit. What is the empire removing from the holy city of Jeddah? This is from Rogue One. The hearts of Kyber. The hearts of Kyber. Yes, uh, you, you you're uh, spot on on your impressions tonight. <laughs> I give you 100 points just for that.
3: Ah, oh, beautiful. There we go. Ding ding ding. <laughs>
0: The Imperials are uh, removing Kyber crystals. I wonder what for. They might be planning on uh, putting those in some sort of uh, device. Who knows? Yeah,
3: just um, you know, keep an eye out, folks. Any cloudy days, uh, you know, let's <laughs> keep an eye out for the weather.
0: Keep an eye out for the weather, or uh, any falling stars, very large round shadows <laughs> might give it away. <laughs> Excellent. All right. This one has nothing to do with Star Wars or apes, but I'll ask you anyway, because uh, I'm I I know you are a uh, well-rounded nerd. (laughs) We've uh, talked about a lot of stuff and um, I think you'll get this one. Question number five. What is the name of the supercomputer in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey?
3: Now I'll take half credit if need be,
0: because okay, okay. I don't
3: know the numerical sequence. But can I just submit Hal?
0: You can submit Hal.
3: Is it nine hundred yeah. or nine thousand?
0: It's it's one of those two.
3: <laughs> it's, um, nine thousand.
0: That is correct. Ooh, okay. Hal nine thousand. How about
3: three quarter credit on that one? That, that I had some assistance.
0: Assistance. That's fine. <laughs> What are you doing, Alexander? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, uh, excellent. Uh, I I knew you wouldn't have uh, trouble with that. Last week, we also had uh, someone that uh, scored a solid 100. I would claim the same for you, a solid 100. Uh, You know your stuff.
3: You're a gracious host. I I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you
0: excellent uh so uh just uh hit me up when we want to when you want to continue talking about the planet of the apes um i got my notes ready uh i know we uh we just did the first original film but i know uh, we wanted to continue through the old uh the old classic uh, planet of the apes uh what was that the second movie was called what beneath
3: yeah we're going beneath the planet of the apes where things get even crazier
0: Excellent, excellent uh, Folks, uh, if you liked our, uh, our our first discussion On the, the original Planet of the Apes Stay tuned for uh, an imminent announcement We're going to be continuing our discussion On the Planet of the Apes And uh, once and for all We're going to have a lot of fun Excellent Alex, why don't you tell folks Where people can find you to say hello there
3: Yeah, hop on Twitter everyone At Alexander Moylan You'll find me there Let's talk Star Wars, Apes Whatever you like
0: Excellent A little Hell 9000 as well But, uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining me on this segment of the Scare of Scuttlebutt, the Sentry Mode. Five questions I bring on friends, and we have some fun. If you have any questions you want to submit, hit me up on the DMs or call our Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline, 773-234-8659. Thank you so much, Alex.
3: Thank you, sir. Thanks, everyone.
2: So I don't know if you want to get into the battle. How do you want to get into the battle? You want to kind of talk a little bit more about the lead up or just jump into it?
0: Um, we No, we can definitely jump into it. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into the battle of Scarif. This is Admiral Reddish of the Rebel Alliance. All squadron leaders reporting. Admiral, this is
1: blue leader standing by.
0: This is gold leader standing by. This is red leader standing by.
2: I think one of the things you mentioned earlier is the fact that it's the air and land battle you've got going on simultaneously and and also the build up emotionally like we talked about. So the fact that, you know, she uh, they well, first they do that. You mentioned the stuff like that happened before Scarif and how it's not boring. They go to Edu and have that whole scene where the uh, rebellion comes in and yeah. tries to blow, you know, blow them up. Galen, he's given the order to kill Galen by what's that guy's name? I had to write it down. Draven, that guy. Not mm-hmm. a great guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very much a results driven guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 interesting because I can you know when people say that the first part of Rogue One is boring I'm like were you asleep during did you not right. even go into the theater cuz it's it's anything but boring. It's it's exciting. There's a certain emotion to it too. I mean, you know, Cassian is fighting his um the order to to kill um, you know, Galen, uh, Galen and yeah. uh, there's a lot of emotion there, there's a lot of uh, character. You know, build up and and development and and
1: revelation, right? And you need that though, because that's some of the things that they tied back in when uh, Gilroy came on. I think some of the additions were they without introducing um, Jin as an older woman that's already with the Rebel Alliance. They did the whole breakout scene, right? So you kind of get to see who she is and what she can do before you know we see her getting her mission, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we see the the I think the one of the additions was Cassian meeting up with his informant and then killing him. You know, so like right, right. away, you know, this is not the Star Wars type that I'm used to. Oh yeah, uh, there was a couple initial, but you need those elements. Like they're not boring. You're right, but like they might be slower, right? But you're the 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 fact that you can't have the ending that you have and give a shit about losing these characters if you don't care about them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's story 101. So they had to give you that. And then going into this third act, where you're like, because originally, I think we're going to talk about this later, like, we don't know what was going to happen, whatever, but that was the, you know, I think all of the characters were to survive. And then, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, but uh, there's no happy ending here. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, other than that, it's a beautiful sunset. Well, <laughs> exactly. I think that's
2: why people who aren't maybe or weren't as invested in Rogue One or didn't really pay attention to it as much or whatever. That's why I think they thought you're going to make a whole series out of the guy out of the Cassian. Like why? Like there's not that much yeah. to him. I, I, but I think when well. you, but I think when you watch the movie, you see there's a lot there because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we get some more of that background and, or it's give us, you know, more context. But even in the beginning, you see, he's this guy who's willing to do whatever for the rebellion, even though he kind of right. seems like he's doesn't feel great about it. Uh, but he has his limits and he also has uh, some heart. Because Jin pulls that out of him. He he goes from being this guy who's just so like, you know, driven by this is the rebellion. We have to do what's yeah. best for that. I'm going to do whatever possible to do that to all of a sudden opening back up to, mm-hmm. you know, like it's more than just this. It's not just this particular order I have to follow. I need to be able to make decisions for myself and do what's right, you know, from a human standpoint, not just because right. if we lose the humanity, then we lose the cause.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. Much so. yeah. You know, let's, uh, we mentioned the fact that, uh, the battle, uh, takes place on land and in space. Um, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the events that lead up to it. And I do want to mention that, um, the pacing of both battles is, I think it's, it's spot on. Um, you don't mm-hmm. get bored, um, watching one rather than the other. It's, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening there. Um, and then, you know, you get um, you get that mix when when Krennic, uh shows up and uh, starts right. to realize, you know, what is going on. But um, there's a line that uh, I think uh, who says it? Uh, Brody, Brody, Brody. Yeah, he says. Um, no, Cassian says
1: it. Uh, okay. Make
0: ten. Make ten men feel like a hundred. Like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's just as they're coming in to land and they're they really don't have a plan, but yeah. they know they they get these plans, so they're splitting up. There,
2: but there's. It, a god, okay, sorry. No, but but it's
0: wonderful to see that um, that line almost taken literally because they, yeah. they they do kind of make ten men feel like a hundred. Um, yeah, they kind of spread the out. They, they put, put right, right. I mean, putting. Putting those uh, charges in strategically placed uh, areas and uh, causing the ruckus that they did um, really disoriented the empire. Um, you see Krennic kind of looking uh, atop the citadel and uh, realizing that uh, something's going on. Um, but uh, I wanted again. I wanted to mention the pacing of the two battles. Um, I think they are it's it's near perfect. What do you guys think?
2: Well, yeah, like you said, I don't think you there's so much going on, but you don't lose track of it. You don't feel lost. Uh it, the right. cuts are the cuts are natural. And I mean, we got a lot of this. It feels a little bit return of the Jedi esque in the sense of that was always doing a good job of those swipes and cutting yeah. back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, to two different plots or three different plot lines. Yeah. So this one, I just felt like they they don't they don't go away from one for too long so that you're right. forgetting about that other part of the battle that's happening. But then they they you know they keep you still informed on what you're seeing. I mean, yeah, like you said, the 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 whole like uh, like even Bodhi is the one who gets on and starts going. Say you're on platform two and there's a bunch of troopers. Say you're on platform six, there's a bunch of troopers. Right. It is like making the most out of a small little amount of resources, uh, and and you just you kind of feel that, and it very much feels like a, a, a bunch of World War II movies we've seen. Small band. Yeah. Small group, small platoon, or not platoon? I'm getting the the groups wrong. Squad, something maybe, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> where they have to take on a larger enemy and have to be very creative in the way that they do it. And so, and and that's also totally goes back to a new hope and how they had to fight.
1: But from the but from the filmmaking standpoint and the pacing, like even like uh, uh, Bodie is like, you know, what do you want me to do? And they're like, well, you, you stay here because you're you're our way out of here. Right. Like, if we actually survive, we need to get out of here. So instead of having him just sit around, you know, he's listening to the radio, he's kind of taking part, and then he's like, it has to be involved in the mission because at some point, you know, uh, uh, Andor and Jin are locked into the tower. There's no way out for them other than they have to send the signal from the the satellite dish, right? So they've got to. So now he's got to move. So like, like, there's always somebody moving. You know, you've got uh, who is it? Uh, sharit and sharit and Bayes
2: and Bayes. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. And, and there, uh, every time I've seen this movie, those two characters grow on me more and more. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. More than
1: the other ones. Like I really enjoy their characters and their brotherhood, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. just like watching them like work uh, together, know that they're they're going to die, you know, and then one witnesses the other one and still like, you know, and every character has like uh, a purpose. Like they they die with the cause, right? They they the it wouldn't have gone forward without one of them continuing until they died. Like it's brilliantly executed. The stakes are real. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: of 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 everyone in that group. I mean, you know, you mentioned it. Uh, Cassian and Jin are trapped on the Citadel. Um, you know, the the beachfront. Uh, the they're you know slowly being decimated. The space battle. I mean, this st- again. The stakes are real, and uh, you. It's it's palpable. Um, right. and they, and they, they feel
1: to die, like the, you know they were trying to get uh, you know and Mon Mothma again is like you know she lets everyone kind of vote or whatever and she doesn't oversee anything so she's like well they're, they're saying no and they're like well we're going to go anyways this ragtag group they kind of get together and they go to Scarif thinking they, first of all they don't know how they're, how they're going to get through the force field and get in there and if yeah. they do they think they're alone and then over the radio they hear because they've actually infiltrated and shit's going down like the Rebel Alliance decided we're going in so then you know as as you've got this small group of people you give a shit about all of a sudden now all these ships are showing up you know so then you're getting this space battle that you know you always have to have in star wars and it's sure. just man is it played and uh what what's the who, who's the the guy that's like the uh, forget his name he's he's not the admiral akabar but he's the what's radis oh, radis yeah yeah, yeah. radis he's pretty badass too
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely i mean you know it's it's great that they brought him in and it's great uh you know there's a, a little animation connection between uh him and his character and his ships and and um mm-hmm. it's fantastic um you know, one thing that I, I I did want to mention because obviously it, it seems like we are fans of the Andor series, and I think um, going into the Andor series, I was really excited not only to you know to see the characters that we we know um, from from Rogue One when it comes to Cassian Andor and his you know I, I guess a, a prequel story, but uh, the character of Saw Gerrera in Rogue yeah. One. Um And really, from his inception, from the animated shows in the um, what Clone is, Wars, the Rebels, Clone is Wars and Rebels, mm-hmm. I mean, the way that Saw Guerrera and, uh, you know, kudos to the actor, um, Forest um, Whitaker. Or, Forrest Whitaker is a force to be reckoned with, and I say that with, uh, no, with right. great power there. Um, yeah. You know, and they they wrote the character of Sagarera and um, and Mon Mothma so perfectly well in the animated shows, and that mm-hmm. is one of the things that actually I was looking forward to in Andor. I wanted to see more of that uh, that you know that little infighting between the two characters. They were tongue in cheek right. with each other, um, so um, passive aggressive yeah, Re- at and, and, some point.
2: In Rebels, there's a very uh, there's a huge confrontational scene between the two where she's yeah. on hollow, I think, and he's in per, in person. Yeah. But I, am excited to see more of them. I, I, I don't want to see
0: more of them in, in season two of Andor.
2: Yeah, I don't. I
0: don't. Yeah. I'm glad.
2: I don't want them to. I want ab- to
0: see more of Mon Mothma. Well, we know
2: you want to see more of Mon Mothma. Like, I, I I want her to have her own
1: show. <laughs>
2: but I just mean I think that it's good that they don't abuse and and you sure. saw too much. Mm-hmm. But I think we're right. we're gonna have to see more of him in, in season two. And another person I'm excited to see in season two, if you want to call the person, is k 2 so Because one sure thing am. that I've I've talked about on our show a lot is is that Star Wars is so good at making. Likeable droids. They do it all the time. They do it so well. They did it again in Ahsoka with Hu Yang. And so I think that death scene was like, it hurt like when he's mm-hmm. going down sure. for that. Yeah. I mean it's, it's an emotional moment cuz you realize that Cassian has this long-standing relationship with him and as snarky and as goofy as he is at times he was a you know a critical part right.
1: and and like that's an origin we don't know of yet right cuz he's an imperial droid yep. so we've seen them in Andor like just like choking the guy up against the sure. wall on the beach on whatever planet that was yep. wasn't Tomorrow it was whatever Oh but... god good question. I know. But um to see how ruthless they can be like where does this k2so get his personality you know even though it's dry as hell Mm -hmm. you know he's always given like statistical analysis that you don't want to hear because it's never going to work in your favor even though which is a nod of 3po too yeah yeah Yeah. but like fuck 3po well i know but i'm just saying it's a familiar nod so like I am I'm, I'm very uh, We were hoping to see A little bit of him At least his introduction In the the end of season Of one of Andor and We haven't yet So But we know Going to season two Like there's going to be an Introduction yeah, You sure. know They have to become chummy yeah. You mm-hmm. know Like what is it That makes the two of them Or him Trust that droid Because You know You don't know If he's going to glitch And shit's going to go wrong But right. uh, And Alan Tudyk Like just add something So I'm uh, I, He's supposed to come back Right He's supposed yeah, to come I back I believe hey, he said He's home. coming for season two got Sure your choice okay yeah yeah yeah.
0: absolutely yeah Nia Niamos is the name of the almost you got it yes
2: that's right yeah and I mean we talked about the cinematography stuff too there's a lot Mm -hmm. of really cool shots in these battle scenes like the shots of the ad at coming through uh, from behind them was really cool and before a guy who likes to listen to our show Max Rebo complains I know they're probably called something else, but they look like AT-ATs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't have time they're to look the, up the model number. they the smaller versions of the AT-ATs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that stuff yeah. and watching, it's always cool to see um, X-Wings and, and TIE Fighters and stuff flying like kind of like in atmosphere. Right. I always yeah. enjoy that. So it was cool sure. to see that. I, there's Well, then you also get the fact that like you get these little fun nods. The ghost shows up to the battle above. Sure. There's mm-hmm. just, so, there's so many things happening so there. from a cinematography standpoint that are so no, rewarding.
1: I, I'm correct. Me if I'm wrong, we'll probably delve into this a little bit later, but like the, the, the fight above wasn't the, was it red squadron? Was um, yes. some of the footage was pulled from the original, uh, outtakes of a new correct. Correct. Hulk, right? Yes. Red and, gold. Yeah. red and gold. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, we'll definitely talk about that later, but, um, I want to, um, take a quick pause right now and, uh, um, really do a quick little recap before we continue on our discussion. Um, and we're going to continue that discussion on your show, uh, mm-hmm. from a certain point askew. So, um, um, guys, uh, Rogue One is just such an amazing film. Um, you know, Matt, you mentioned that, uh, you don't like ranking Star Wars, but, um, I do. And I rank this one, um, in my top three. Um, Empire is number one. Rogue One, I think, is number two. Um, and then three is a mishmash of whatever, you know, whatever I'm feeling at the time. But um, <laughs> um, absolutely, Rogue One is, is up there for me. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful film. It, uh, it takes me back really to watching A New Hope. Um, for, yeah. for many reasons and um, obviously, you know, Jay, you talked about how it feels like they pulled the film from from back in the 70s, which we'll definitely talk about um, but uh, guys, big thanks for uh, having you guys uh, do this first part of the discussion of here on the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. Why don't you tell folks where people can find you and where to go after they listen to us.
1: Yeah.
2: That's right. So we have a website from a certain point of skew com. You can also find us on Twitter at facpa pod, and so please reach out to us that way. We are very interactive on yep. Twitter, and we would like to we love to hear feedback. That's one of the greatest things we get about this show is that we get a lot of people answering our our question of the week, a lot of people sending in yeah. emails, and it's just that's one of our favorite things about it is having these discussions and having people send in funny ideas for us to kind of noodle on. So I think, like I said, this will be episode one twenty seven where we pick this conversation yes. up. So so just definitely go out look for us we're on all the usual podcast or pod catchers
1: from a certain point of
0: skill perfect perfect thank you guys and uh yeah let's continue the conversation uh we're gonna get into uh some nitty-gritty uh i love talking uh, behind the scenes so we're gonna talk a little bit about that Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. We're talking about the battle of Scarif and a little Rogue One action. But uh, like I said, join the conversation from a certain point of askew. Uh, go find them and uh, let's continue the talk. Until next time, this is Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt.